Hi, and welcome to another episode of Nothing to Hide. My name is Kevin Lee. Today, we'll be speaking to what do you do when you hate your job? It's the first part of a series with regards to uh, my trip to Costa Rica and how I found ayahuasca. So let's jump right in. So how did I end up here? Basically, uh, I was working in banking and um, at the time I was earning the most I've ever earned uh, in my career and I was in line to become um, a bank manager. And I around, I would say, perhaps the beginning of 2017, um, even as early as near the end of 2016, my patience began to wane thin. I was having outbursts triggered by both customers and employees. Um, I was coping um, by way of some nefarious in nature habits and uh, ultimately were very self-destructive, which would then lend itself uh, at my workplace. And I, I wouldn't say that my outbursts were unfounded. Um, just to give you an example, um, it was uh, very commonplace for uh, wealthy customers to come in and demand um, certain um, catered services to them that didn't even exist. For example, uh, the bank began charging for uh, statements and the, the, a client would demand that he would have those fees reversed in his favor when there was no um, mechanisms in place to, to achieve that, or rather the bank chose not to go down that, that route. And uh, I, would, I would have uh, little, um, well, what, what would start out as an apology, and unfortunately, you know, we can't do that any longer, would turn into escalations and continued um, demands. Uh, essentially, clients felt entitled because they simply held a large balance in their um, non-interest-bearing bank accounts. And in the end, the position was simply to proceed with reversing the, the respective fees um, when in reality, this one particular example, this client continued to come back to, to get those fees reversed. Um, I would, it would ultimately, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. And I would, I would ultimately, um, not be reprimanded, but almost kind of told like, it's not worth your time. Just reverse the fees. Um, and then I would have, uh, and then I think a month later I had a client that was probably in his early 20s. Um, his story was he went to, um, I think Manchester United on a scholarship for, for soccer. 
football for those of you that uh, that don't want to call it soccer. And he sustained a career-ending injury, which ultimately sent him back home. And it didn't it didn't seem as though he was very well off to begin with. So when he came back home, he really had nothing to come back to. And um, I believe he might have been living in shelters. I'm not sure, but his purpose for coming into the bank at the time was because he tried to buy, I think like a a dollar or two dollar hamburger from McDonald's, which was ultimately declined because we had eaten up all of his social assistance money with um, non-sufficient fund fees. For those, uh, for those of you, it's like a bounce, bounce check fee or, yeah. So he not only didn't have a penny to his name, he owed the bank, I think like a couple hundreds of dollars. And in this instance, I, without hesitation, I reversed massive amounts of fees for him so that he then not only could go and get something to eat, but had a little bit of money to perhaps, um, I don't know, rent a, a hotel or a motel, take a shower or who knows, buy himself some new clothes. But it was at that moment where I had the most hatred inside me. Um, just a lack of care. And, and I don't blame the bank because it's, it's a business. They're a publicly traded company. And so their goal is to make as much money as possible. It's not, they're not, you know, social services to, to help the need or needy or the poor. Um, Although they do donate massive amounts of money to charities, often for tax breaks, but neither here nor there. So I am now in this mindset of just absolutely hating what I'm doing, um, not knowing what I want to do. And again, my coping mechanisms were were nefarious in nature. So I binged a lot of YouTube um, because I didn't have cable. And one day I decided to search, what do you do when you hate your job? And the results didn't come back with anything valuable. But the interesting thing about YouTube's algorithm at that time was that it, it keeps note of all your search history and attempts to match you up with relevant videos that are related to your previous search history. And so I'd say maybe a week or two goes by and uh, I'm, on, I'm on YouTube again and it brings up this video called The Reality of Truth. Now I'm just going to read the description of the film here. Actually, before I do that, I want to just note that um, Michelle Rodriguez was on the thumbnail of the video and I thought, wow, this is actually a film. It's about an hour long and I thought, oh, they got someone credible on it. So that's what intrigued me to, to, to watch it because 
um, even if it didn't turn out to be a great movie, it had credibility because it had uh, a celebrity like Michelle Rodriguez on it. But um, just to read the description, um, it, it says, Join Michelle Rodriguez, Fast and the Furious, and Zappi Zappelin as they meet with thought leaders from around the world, including Bruce Lipton, Deepak Chopra, Ram Dass, Marianne Williamson, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Foster Gamble, Gerard Armand Powell, and many more on their journey to find the reality of truth. Um, it, it essentially takes a group of people and explores uh, what they call an alternative, in quotation marks, true reality through spirituality, meditation, and psychedelics. Uh, the movie itself surrounds um, Zappi Zappelin on his search for, um, as the movie puts it, the truth by way of uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. It does pay some uh, attention to other forms and methods of um, quote-unquote awakening, but for me, it, it was mostly around this indigenous ceremonial medicine known as ayahuasca. So I started watching this movie, and by the end of it, not to give it away, it highlights this one gentleman by the name of Gerard Powell, who was uh, a former drug addict slash um, abused his family, slash um, disowned from his family, slash uh, womanizer, slash you name it. And somehow, some way, his business acumen was quite high. He, he managed to establish uh, millions of dollars. He was a multimillionaire, um, but in the end, he was very unhappy. And his story really resonated with me. And uh, as you might expect, at the end, he had um, closed down all of his businesses. Um, he started this new, um, what they called at the time, a life advancement center in Costa Rica called Rhythmia. And it was um, recognized by the Costa Rican government to be the first and only quote-unquote health center, well, it is a health center, that is legally allowed to administer ayahuasca. And for those of you that are wondering, ayahuasca is uh, a psychedelic, um, the indigenous people call it medicine. Um, the underlying compound uh, is DMT. So it uh, often evokes uh, hallucinogenic experiences and uh, is often associated with, um, with therapy. It's been known to alleviate opiate addiction within one or two ceremonies. It's been known to, um, to alleviate uh, trauma from your past. A lot of people call it 10 years of therapy compounded into one session at times.
So um, I start looking more into this gentleman, Gerard Powell, and his story. And then I start looking into the center rhythmia to find out whether this is a cult, what, what this place is, so on and so forth. And after all my research and investigation, I'm comfortable enough to understand that it's a place to really help people um, that are struggling with um, perhaps uh, crossroads in their life than I was in or alleviating trauma that they experienced in their past or even, as, as I mentioned earlier, alleviating uh, addictions like um, heroin, like opiates or what have you. So I was convinced this place was going to fix me and, and help me. And uh, I go to my manager and um, I told her about this place that I would like to go to for vacation. I had several vacation days and we, we coordinated time to go. And there I am on the plane on my way to Costa Rica. This was in, um, I'd say, end of November. And I'll never forget, I was on the plane and I was sitting next to what appeared to be two retirees. And I was in the, the aisle seat. And I remember the one gentleman reached up to, I guess, turn on his fan. And at the time, I had all the symptoms of coming down with a cold. Um, I was sneezing. I had uh, a runny nose. And um, just to reread my journal, um, I think I had wrote something to the effect that um, it was like a faucet because it wasn't even running. It was just like pouring out. And I, I was under the impression that he had turned on my fan. And uh, I just remember I was absolutely livid. Um, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. When we got on the plane and we took off, everyone immediately started to change out of their um, fall winter clothing into tank tops, t-shirts, and shorts. Meanwhile, I was still in my jacket, huddled up with my hood up, just trying to avoid getting anyone sick or or whatever and here i am thinking the gentleman next to me is activating my fan and uh and it wasn't until the end of the flight that i decided to out of just pure discomfort and and, and fueled with anger and rage that i abruptly just turned it off when it dawned on me that he had actually just turned on his fan and my fan was just on um, from perhaps the previous passenger. But I found it interesting that I, I started this experience uh, so angry and uh, only to have it backfire in my face. I could have just turned it off to begin with. So I arrive in, I believe it's uh, Liberia Airport in Costa Rica. Let me just double check that. Yeah. And, and I remember um, after getting my luggage and walking out, I was still in my jacket. Everyone, Costa Rica is a tropical country. 
and everyone is very um, comfortable in their t-shirt and shorts, and I'm still in my jeans and my jacket. And uh, I see a gentleman holding up a sign for Rhythmia, and uh, I go to him, he tells me that I'm the last person that he was waiting for to pick up, and the two passengers, uh, in addition to me, were already waiting. So we uh, get into the van, we start heading to the resort. I think it was a two hour drive and um, it was two um, older women, I'd say perhaps in their uh, late forties or fifties. And um, the one woman who turned out to be the assistant for the other began talking to me, asking me about how I found out about Rhythmia and why I was going there. And I was very, I'm, I'm very transparent. I told them everything. And um, I started ask. I didn't bother asking them why they were going because I knew what the center stood for and I didn't want to pry. Um, and so they didn't, they didn't tell me why they were going, which was fine. And uh, it, after that initial conversation, it was pretty much silent all the way through. Um, at the time, I just kept thinking, I'm going to find my passion and I'm going to um, just figure out what I want to do. I'm going to make the firm decision of whether I'm going to leave my work or whether I'm going to stay. And um, it's, it's going to be great. So I, I had very little um, regard for other people. Um, again, I was just simply there for me. And so, um, and so we arrive in, uh, Costa Rica, uh, at the resort, uh, Rhythmia, and we're greeted, uh, by, um, by several, uh, I'd say four or five, maybe six people, um, to provide us with uh, coconut water, or I think it was pineapple juice, and yeah. So um, I started out this podcast with being quite angry, very toxic, holding a lot of hatred, and seeking out some refuge um, by way of uh, vacation slash um, a means to possibly give me some direction. So on that note, I'm going to end the episode here. Thanks so much for you, for all of you that are listening. I'm so grateful for the support, again, the encouragement to my friends and family. Um, Episode two will be coming out shortly. That will be about my initial experiences at Rhythmia and um, some of the um, different forms, the modalities of uh, healing that I experienced there. So on that note, you can reach me at ntcpod or rather nthpod at uh, gmail.com, that's N is in Nancy, T is in Tom, H is in Harry, uh, P-O-D at gmail.com. Um, I apologize if I sound a little bit nasally. Um, obviously, I'm still dealing with some 
some sinus stuff. But uh, thanks again so much for your patience and, and for listening. I'm so grateful. Um, thank you again, and I'll catch you next time.